Today's episode is brought to you by Alexandra Park BJJ. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is a full contact martial art and combat sport that was developed in Brazil in the 20th century. With roots in Judo and Japanese Jiu-Jitsu, has been developed and refined into a unique grappling art with the aim to allow a smaller and weaker individual to beat a bigger and stronger opponent with the application of proper technique. Based in Muswell Hill, North London, Alexandra Park BJJ's classes are designed so that you can develop your fitness levels, balance, coordination and flexibility in a no-pressure environment and to provide the opportunity to start a new sport at a reasonable price. At Alexandra Park BJJ, we aim to be inclusive so that everyone can benefit from this incredible art, not just the athletic or ultra competitive. To book your free class, head over to alexandraparkbjj.co.uk or email inquiries at alexandraparkbjj.co.uk. Welcome to Audiobookish, an audiobook review and discussion podcast looking at audiobooks both big and small, as well as radio plays, narrative podcasts, anything audiobook-ish. This podcast may contain spoilers, rants, curse words, mispronunciations of names and places, and more. Hello everyone, you're listening to Audiobookish, an audiobook review and discussion podcast. My name is Fahed Rahman and I'm joined by Poppy Knight. Hello. And today we are going to be reviewing Bob Mortimer's autobiography and Away. And Poppy is going to read out the blurb for us. Okay. The long-awaited first autobiography by national treasure Bob Mortimer. Bob Mortimer's life was trundling along happily until suddenly in 2015 he was diagnosed with a heart condition that required immediate surgery and forced him to cancel an upcoming tour. The episode unnerved him, but forced him to reflect on his life so far. This is the framework for his hilarious and moving memoir, And Away. Although his childhood in Middlesbrough was normal on the surface, it was tinged by the loss of his dad and his own various misadventures, now infamous from his appearances on Would I Lie to You? from burning down the family home to starting a short-lived punk band called Dog Dirt. As an adult, he trained as a solicitor and moved to London. Though he was doing pretty well, the South London press crowned him the Cockroach King after a successful verdict, a chance encounter in a pub in the 1980s with a young comedian going by the name of Vic Reeves set his life on a different track. And now, six years on, the heart condition that once threatened his career has instead led to new success on BBC Two's Gone Fishing. Warm, profound, and irrepressibly funny, and away is Bob's full life story with a few lies thrown in for good measure. And I'll read out Bob's bio as taken from, I believe, the Waterstones website. Born in Middlesbrough, uh, Mortimer endured the sudden death of his father when he was seven years old and was also responsible for burning down the family home at a similar age. After an abortive football trial for Middlesbrough FC, he studied law and then relocated to London, where he became a solicitor for Southwark Council, working on cases connected to public health, which earned him the sobriquet, the Crouch Kings. I think uh, Poppy's just read out uh, quite a similar bit, so it might be a bit of repetition in here. In uh, 1986, Mortimer went to see Vic Reeves, and the pair soon became a lauded double act. Televisual success followed with hits such as Vicar Reeves, Big Night Out, The Smell of Reeves and Mortimer, and comedy panel shows such as uh, Shooting Stars, which mined the duo's anarchic wit and unique brand of surrealism. Outside of his work with Reeves, Mortimer co-starred in the acclaimed TV show Gone Fishing with 
Paul Whitehouse, which spawned in the company book in 2019, as well as making numerous memorable appearances on panel shows such as Would I Lie to You. In 2021, Mortimer produced his memoir And Away, which blended his trademark flights of fancy with more reflective passages about his childhood grief, health scares, and has become an enormous bestseller. Mortimer followed this up in 2022 with his debut novel, Satsuma Complex, about a nondescript legal assistant trying to trace a girl he met across South London. Okay, so this was one of the audiobooks I listened to while we were away. I think I kind of, in a previous episode, I kind of explained why I liked it uh, quite a lot. So I'm Mm. quite interested to get your initial impressions on it, Poppy. Yeah. So I first want to say kind of a personal thing of how much I really love Bob Mortimer. He's someone that I think I kind of mostly came across from um, Would I Lie to You, to be honest, and saw him on there and thought it was absolutely hilarious and wonderful. And obviously, I think, as we've said before, absolutely loved him on Taskmaster as well. And yeah, particularly the Would I Lie to You ones have... Obviously, I've just really enjoyed them. They're really funny. But I certainly remember there was one time uh, when I was feeling a bit low and going through some stuff um, a couple of years ago, and I found a compilation on YouTube that was just Bob Mortimer on Would I Lie to You? And like genuinely cheered me up um, and yeah, took my mind off some things. So yeah, I think Bob's fantastic. And I was very excited for this one. Uh, I think I mentioned before as well, my mum had got me the physical book as a present which I was yeah very excited for but then also intrigued by the audio and I will begin with my slight criticism so that I can get it out of the way um is that I was really disappointed by the audio quality of this audiobook not the quality of of Bob from the audiobook just the sound quality of this recording I think is rubbish (laughs) um And Yeah, I'm glad you agree. And I found it very difficult to listen to. And if we had not been doing it for this, I would have gone, you know what, I've got the print book that someone kindly gifted to me. And I'm going to switch to that because this is quite painful. Um, And that is a real shame because it is so good. And what's in it is really good. And I was sort of thinking of ways to, to explain it. And I was sort of thinking like, you know, imagine if a really great album was just recorded in the wrong room, you know, and and it just sounds dodgy. The songs can be great, but it just doesn't sound right. It, is, it was that sort of experience for me. And it meant that I definitely didn't want to give all my attention to it, as we've talked about before, how I often kind of try and treat it like reading yeah. and just do that one thing. This was going to annoy me enough that I was like, I'm going to have to do this with stuff in the background while I'm doing other stuff to try and not be as annoyed by the sound. But I am glad I stuck with it for some kind of unique bits of the audio that I'm sure we'll go on to talk about. But yeah, Yeah. that was unfortunately my first impression. But if you're sharing that, it is worth sticking with and I'm sure we'll discuss why um, later on. Yeah, I mean, like the first 15 minutes to half an hour, I don't know what was going on with the audio quality there. Um, It's I don't know if it was like they weren't able to get him into a studio and he was recording from home perhaps mm. or it just sounded like it was like overproduced a little bit like they had to le- remove like a lot of background noise or there was something going like mm. going on there it sounded like not tinny but there's kind of it, it didn't sound like naturalistic um especially because I'm a big fan of his podcast Athletico Mint right yeah and the audio quality there is like quite good so I was kind of quite excited about mm. about that but yeah I agree with you the audio quality especially at the beginning was pretty well. maybe I became acclimatized to it 
after a while but yeah it's kind of mm. it's a bit jarring when you first start listening to it yeah for sure and it's such a shame and you know it's such a big title uh such a big name such a big publisher it is a real shame that it wasn't so good on that and yeah similar to you i can't pin down exactly what it is i hope that at some point with working more in audio i'll get to the point where i can instantly hear something like that and go aha the issue is this <laughs> and that would be good or at yeah. least be able to describe it but yeah that was a real shame but i think that's pretty much my only negative on this which is a good thing um I mean, well, we'll get fully into kind of like Bob's performance a little bit later on. There were mm-hmm. a few times where I could tell where they've taken like maybe the first take or something like where he his, bre- right. his breathing yeah, yeah. wasn't quite quite right. Yeah. But that's kind of like he's not a professional narrator. That's kind of like bound, even mm-hmm. though he's got loads of like professional performing experience. That's not like it's a different discipline. I think so. There's Definitely. a little bit like, you know, a few bits like that. So how should we kind of approach this? Because like the format of like the, the format that book takes, it kind of starts in the present and then it's got like flashbacks and then comes back to the present. Mm. How should we kind of approach talking about the actual content um, of the book? Should we kind of like take it in the, the, the way that the book presents it? Or should we just kind of like talk about our favorite sections? Yeah, I'm happy to go kind of favourite sections. I've more got sort of like, um, yeah, thematic-y things and more overall across the whole book kind of things. But yeah, it's interesting and it's important to note for yeah people listening, the way it is structured, you might have got this a bit from the blurb, is that it does focus on obviously that huge life-changing event of Bob's heart condition. And when he kind of discovered that and his rehabilitation from that, and, you know, that's sort of the central thread that it's all focused around. But then you have a lot of um, back and forth in his life, his career, different ages, love life, all sorts of things like that that are melded together. And I felt like that structure was nice. I quite liked that. Yeah. Let's go with like favorite bits then. So do you want to go first? Like, What were your kind of favorite sections and like the thematic stuff that grabbed you? Yeah, so like I said, I'm not sure about sections specifically, and I think I definitely will, even if I don't listen again, I will definitely read again to pay even more attention to all his stories and stuff. It was interesting because, like, yes, some of them I knew from, like, would I lie to you stuff. A lot of them I didn't know, and I'm very definitely showing my age here in the younger sense (laughs) of the fact that I didn't know a lot about, you know, his career earlier than that um it was interesting like when there were sections that are obviously written you know that that story is written in chronological order so things like when they were trying to find people to work with them on a project and even though it's written sort of like a story of that kind of thing of you discover you know who's it going to be what's going to happen i imagine for a lot of people listening to this they'll know the outcome whereas i didn't (laughs) Uh, so like i didn't know who they were going to get starring on certain shows with them and stuff like that so that was quite nice that I was able to see it in that more of a a standard narrative way and I liked that and I found it really interesting and so like Shooting Stars for example I haven't seen before but would really like to give a go it was really fascinating hearing about that and like Shooting Stars sorry to cut cut, Shooting Stars is absolutely brilliant part of me wonders how well it will kind of I mean it's been years kind of there there are a lot of bits where Vic Reeves is like slightly sexually uh, aggressive to to women but I think they're all in on 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 the joke yeah (laughs) when I heard that bit I did think that I'd uh probably aged poorly and I think there are some things in this that are referenced that sort of show an of its time kind of um feel to them and yeah And it's the kind of thing where it's definitely about when it's appropriate. So like the times when some of, you know, the cast members were really game for it, 
that's the kind of thing where that's appropriate, you know, even now, but it's not appropriate across the board and it's not appropriate just yeah. because they're women and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I certainly want to check it out. And yes, with that caveat in mind. And for things that I found really interesting about it, talking about how because the contestants didn't really know what was going to come at them and they were kind of nervous for that and that also gave much more of an opportunity for them to break and for you to see the actual person behind the celebrity and behind the persona that I thought was yeah really good and that connected a lot to you know the show Taskmaster that we talked about the fact that people are given really weird tasks that they don't know what they're going to have to do and you end up seeing the person behind that persona um, and yeah I thought all the discussion around that was really interesting and all the kind of wow this is where you know seeds were sown for that kind of entertainment to happen later on down the line it was really fascinating to me yes as someone who uh, who was not uh, um, watching them when they came out <laughs> yeah yeah, so I think like for me, there's a few things that really grabbed me. So there's like strange parallels between me um, or my and Bob's life and uh, kind of certain. So we were both solicitors. <laughs> we both mm-hmm. left the legal career. I think our, my experience and his experience of university was quite similar in terms of I'm also kind of quite painfully shy. So the sections where he's talking about his shyness growing up in school and is you know i mean there's a section quite early on where his mum takes him around to like a boy's house to try and make friends with him and it kind of ends up in like a disaster um a little bit so like those sections around shyness kind of struck a chord and kind of like the sections where he's like talking about university um there's one section where he he talks about going to like a student university bar and trying to make himself look intriguing so a woman would like approach him that's pretty <laughs> similar to many experiences that i've had try and be the the cool loner <laughs> in the corner and it doesn't really work that <laughs> well unfortunately but yeah it's um it's weird when you read a book oh my experience is like quite similar to that and he's mm. he's got a, a weird i mean he, there's one line in the book that um where he talks about how shyness is like such a terrible thing in it that really struck a chord with me because yeah i, I firmly um uh, agree with that a lot mm. but it's also a very very funny book as well so yeah. like that's where the parallels ends because like bob is like a fof i mean i don't know how his brain works <laughs> to be honest with you yeah it's so interesting what you say about that because I think it's an important thing to know. Obviously, we're encouraging people that they should go and listen to this. I think it's not a spoiler to say that we're going to recommend it or at yeah. the very least, yeah, read it if you can't stand the, the, um, yeah. the sound quality. But he says at the end, near the end at least anyway, and I think it's important to share this if people aren't going to, is a reminder to give the quiet people the opportunity to express themselves. And yeah, if you know a quiet one in your school or your work or that you see around, kind of that, you know, giving them the the space to come out of their shell and stuff like that, because they might end up being one of the, you know, most outgoing, hilarious entertainers and giving the world such a gift. And even if not, they'll give you such a gift. They have so much to offer, but they're not necessarily going to make the jump themselves. Um, And yeah, yeah, I thought that was a really important point that, yeah, you wouldn't necessarily imagine, certainly like people in the public eye and things like that. We often don't think about them being shy and how it really does just take someone to help coax people out of their shells, I think. Yeah, agreed. So kind of the book starts off with his... Not necessarily heart attack, but he he's he's about to go on tour and um, he decides to get a uh, a test from a doctor and 
his reaction to that, I think, was kind of like quite raw, the way that he wrote that down in the book about his, mm. um, basically his terror about what was to, to unfold and then kind of like the uh, rehabilitation process as well seemed mm-hmm. um, to me like really, really tough to go through. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And it is definitely a book that he does, you know, open himself up very definitely and talk about things seriously as well as talking about things comically and stuff like that. And again, I think for me, for the fact that it's mentioned on a Taskmaster episode with him bringing in the, you know, the breath equipment thing of, um, you know, he had to blow into it hard enough that it would go up to the smiley face. And that is obviously quite a wholesome moment on a sh- on the show um, and good that it is treated wholesomely. It is very rightly treated as, well, of course, he's got to win because uh, we're very happy that he's alive and with us. Um, (laughs) And so, yeah, so it was nice for me knowing about that, but only through basically that um, little section and hearing more about that and how it went. And yeah, it's definitely a difficult thing. And both the, you know, the medical side of it and the how he himself was, you know, taking that and going through it. And then also how that connected with how he viewed his friendships. And yeah, certainly the thing that then led to this, you know, new fishing program came from actually opening up to a friend about, you know, dealing with a heart condition and stuff like that. Yeah. I felt that section of the book, especially with like, where he talks about Paul Whitehouse, basically mm-hmm. not leaving him alone kind of like forcing yeah. him to kind of like basically get up. I thought that was kind of like a really, I think that's a really fascinating section for a kind of like a lot of reasons. I know a lot of, yeah. um, because at that stage he, he talks about prior in the book where he talks about, he doesn't really go out that often with his mates. He's mm-hmm. got like a, you know, he's uh, a couple of comedians that he talks to when he heads into London, but he doesn't really have people around his house and stuff like that. And I, I, you know, it's really nice for Paul to kind of like go out of his way to kind of force him to kind of interact mm. With people, and as yeah, as you need some. Sometimes you need someone like that that's not going to take necessarily take no for an answer and kind yeah. of force you to um, uh, get off your backside and do something productive. <laughs> yeah, no, I feel that for sure. <laughs> so there's quite a lot of like anecdotes in the book. Wh- which mm. one? Which one of those were your kind of like favorite ones? Oh God, I'm not so sure about there's that. There's so many. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I didn't necessarily pick out anecdotes. One thing I liked about the anecdotes themselves and sort of connects to how good the audio was is that one of the reasons this is definitely worth sticking with is that his impressions of other people are great you know if he's doing kind of a character voice of someone from a certain area or you know his Vic Reeves impression I thought was really quite impressive or just yeah he's doing a funny voice because it's dialogue that he's doing in this anecdote story was really really good and that's certainly a huge asset to listening to it as opposed to just reading it that yeah brought those anecdotes to life I think yeah, I I completely agree with that. So if anyone's listened to his podcast, Athletic Comments, there's like a lot of um character voices that he does in that podcast mm. that kind of appear in there. Especially, I think my um favorite section was oh, what's the name of the that the, the sections like with uh, with his teacher like Bill Whitt- Whittlingham, and he had a boss in like Suffolk Council as well. I think that kind of also makes like mm. um an appearance, especially kind of. You know, the other section that really grabbed me when he was he went for his interview at uh, Cambridge and yeah. like, the, the voice he put on for the professor that he was talking to I just uh-huh. thought it was like was magnificent <laughs> it was like really kind of really funny that's when the book really does like 
come alive yeah. in terms of like when he warms he's... up to it when he starts doing those yeah. Things, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah exactly i think that's exactly right it comes he his voice comes alive and the performance mm-hmm. um aspect comes out really strongly so it's kind of worth listening to those sections by themselves i think he does struggle a little bit more with where there's longer passages whether it's not mm-hmm. punctuated with characters for him to take on and play with but yeah those those anecdotes are, are great i think my favorite uh, section was um where he's working as a binman and he's mm-hmm. like basically attacked he describes working along this route and there's this uh, big bruiser of a guy that he kind of cozies up to and he's very kind of self-depreciating in the way he describes himself he just kind of like he puts himself in a position where he's kind of quite subservient um mm. to this uh, big bruiser and they're basically confronted by these like the way he describes it, it's kind of like some mad max wild dogs in <laughs> yeah in like uh yeah, yeah in in middlesbrough so i thought that section was um kind of quite uh quite funny yeah that's fair i was just gonna say with what you were talking about with him uh getting more into it and potentially struggling on some bits i thought it was interesting actually in a, in a sort of quite a meta way in that he talks about how he found it difficult on a program that they were doing acting as himself um yes. but he was saying that it was difficult i'm really annoyed because i thought i wrote the quote down and now i can't find it but he was saying it's difficult to say words as yourself that you would never say in real life um, yeah. and i think that sort of sums up moments where you you might say you stumbled a little bit on these ones because uh, when you're writing a book versus, you know, speaking, there's differences. You know, there's differences in how you structure the sentences and the sorts of words you're going to use and things like that. And I think it was more that kind of thing. It was more, this is him, it is his voice, but it's not his speaking voice. Um, yes. and, it, and it's difficult to, yeah, if I potentially found that difficult to do the same sorts of emphasis because he was just concentrating on getting those words right that yeah don't trip off the tongue as easy as they go into your head if you're reading it or as easy as just casual spoken word would um but yeah it's certainly not something that distracts away from it and i a thousand percent would say that it was definitely better to have him giving that great performance that you know is potentially you know, not as strong as a professional narrator in other instances than it being a professional narrator. I think it's certainly right that Bob yeah. did um, did this recording and it does sound great, even if, yeah, there's bits where, you know, you can tell it's he's reading something that he's written. So, yeah. Yeah. And then connection to that, actually. So other bonuses of the audiobook, I guess, is that there's actually some like sung stuff in there. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Song. Incredible, yeah, yeah incredible. Yeah. So you get like um, he sings a song that his band had. Brilliant, yeah. that was so great to hear that. <laughs> uh, I think he sings a theme tune at a later point. So yeah, they're all huge things that I'm really glad I got the opportunity to listen to because they're fab. And also, just like sometimes he breaks and laughs, and you know yes. you can tell as he's finding his own story funny as he well should. And you can hear him giggling away at it. And i that's just beautiful. It's like so just purely just wonderful and so Bob that, yeah, that is an absolute gem and definitely, yeah, worth any other shortcomings of it just to hear yeah. genuinely happy about what he's telling you about is is really, really wonderful uh, for sure. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think that's um I've mentioned his podcast a few times already. Like that's all right. Yeah, his podcast after our comments. There's quite a few sections where he's kind of like doing his sketches on there and he'll just kind of like break yeah. and start giggling. He's got this like really um funny giggle. He goes Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's just kind of like, oh that's the yeah. It just kind of like warms your heart when oh, you for um, sure. you can't help but um smile when you when you hear it. Yeah, the singing bits mm-hmm. you know are definitely one of the highlights. Yeah. Um as well and uh, like one of my other kind of favorite parts of the book is when he is talking about kind of his experiences on would I lie to you and yeah. how he kind of structures his lies in order mm. to really yeah, tips um, from the master there. Yeah, yeah. tips from the master. Yeah, exactly on how to. Uh, what, you know, there's a bit where he describes the moment he knew he'd kind of beaten him instead. Yeah, because like the Chris Rea one, like yeah, you know, did Chris Rea put an egg uh-huh. <laughs> in his path? Iconic, <laughs> and the fact that we get a bit of follow up from that in this, yeah. Yeah. a bit of yeah. yeah, behind the scenes insider info as to how that plays out um, and is reacted to is yeah, 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 very, very good. Yeah, I love that. It's, yeah, it's, it's it's very good, and you know, um, kind of we've talked quite a lot about his performance where he kind of comes to lights when he's uh, mm-hmm. doing his characters and when he's singing i felt his performance as the book went on also got generally stronger yeah i think so uh, yeah. as well so i think yeah i mean you know you probably know more about this than i do do mm-hmm. they tend to read in the order that the book is written or is it kind of is like a different way of doing it so does it give the narrator a chance to kind of like build up momentum yeah yeah so certainly um in my experience the majority of the time at least is uh you know, as it's written from the start, um, but are encouraged often to go back and do the kind of the first section again, just once they've warmed up for that exact sort of reason. Yeah, that sometimes they might not be quite into the story yet, uh, waking up, who knows, and stuff like that. So, yeah, I think they normally will go through it from start to finish, but sometimes might go back and, yeah, you can get a bit more energy back into the beginning again. And obviously, that's people's first impressions, isn't it? So, that's definitely the bit that you want to get right. Um, yeah. Just go back and do that bit. Um, again at the end so yeah yeah um in terms of like um the content of um of the book was there that there, there, there were certain sections that i found um not necessarily like difficult to listen to but you know the sections where he's talking about um you know losing his mom and stuff like that was there, mm. were there any sections that kind of like made you particularly sad or touched you uh in that sort of way I was certainly, yeah, surprised by kind of the darker elements in there that I wasn't necessarily expecting. Yeah. Um, and did find a lot of it quite moving in general. I don't know if there were particular huge moments themselves that stood out. There was just, there was quite a lot, you know, um, and his relationship with his mum certainly is an important and a poignant one. And to be fair, probably the the letter that he found that um, he'd written for her and she'd kept, I think that was really quite an emotional yeah. moment um yeah. in that section so yeah yeah i mean it's one of those things that, that because to me bob seems like quite a cheery like happy-go-lucky sort of guy especially exactly, when you see yeah. him on like shows like taskmaster or mm-hmm. um would i would i lie to you? you you wouldn't necessarily know that there's like quite a lot of sadness you know, yeah. quite a lot of sad things that's happened and he's struggled quite a lot with you know shyness mental health kind of that's that's another thing that I wasn't really aware of that you know he, he struggled mm. with depression for several years and um you know he talks a lot about his mum in this the, his love for his mother comes through really really strongly yeah. in this one in, in the um in his performance as well as the 
the words that he's yeah. written. So it's if you're expecting kind of a book where it is just going to be like lots of japes and like him recounting his like funny things that have happened to him, funny you know, funny sketches that he's been involved with. I wouldn't say it's necessarily heavy, but it's it's more melancholic than that. I think there is like in some moments like, certainly, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, it is ultimately like uh, I hate using the word triumphant, but it's kind of is a it's a book about how there are going to be difficult spots in life but if you've got good people around you um they can kind of help mm-hmm. you get through those difficult periods i think especially kind of with reference to kind of like paul whitehouse helping him kind of get out of that malaise mm-hmm. that he was in i think that's um another kind of strong theme in there is as well yeah definitely definitely we haven't actually talked about bob's way with words he's got a wonderful way of kind of putting these phrases together kind of mm-hmm. especially when he's talking about like you know things like dog dirt and uh, yeah stuff like that that's kind of like really like it's poetically funny in um a lot of ways yeah, yeah. and like, poetically silly um in mm-hmm. others so do you want to talk a little bit about that kind of like the way he actually puts his sentences together if you've got any notes on that not necessarily notes but yeah i agree with you it's very very well written in that it's uh got a wonderful tone to it and yeah really draws you into it and even you know what i was saying about the kind of you know sentences being more complex than maybe you'd say out loud it's not in any way sort of pompous um or anything like that it's just that different kind of style but yeah it's got a wonderful warmth to it and yeah some amazing kind of yeah choice of words and figurative language and stuff like that there's some swearing in there which is good um i thought it was interesting how they still had him say the word and then they beeped slightly over it but like you could could tell that in the studio he definitely said it um and then they censored over it which i thought was really good that really made me laugh um i mean obviously i'd be fine with it just staying in as it was but i did quite like the way they'd done it rather than just the beep itself i'm glad that they had it It, partly for you know i guess in some ways you can sort of guess what sort of word he was going to say and then also just the fact that it makes me imagine him in the studio just full-on saying it (laughs) yeah i think they there is something about a beep almost uh, usually being funnier than like the swear word mm, fair, itself yeah, yeah. There's, there's definitely something about that it's um, as if someone's gone oh naughty naughty bob you y- can't yes. say that yeah. and i think he quite quite likes that <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. Uh, yeah we haven't even talked about his uh sections in school i think that i feel like i know bob quite well from like would i lie to you because of like he he talks about his um mm-hmm. all the adventures he had with like you know gary cheeseman like yeah. the sniper's dream and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's lovely to kind of get more um, more detail than that. So yes, um, sure. as I was saying, the technical deficiencies in like the recording do let down. Otherwise, a really rather excellent performance yeah. from Bob. Um, and yeah, his you know, life story certainly struck a chord with me because I saw certain like parallels between mm. our two lives. I mean, I would say I'm, I don't take like 20 sugars in my tea <laughs> and I, I do try and keep rather more fit and healthy than he does but yeah I, I, you know, it's, a, it's a book that you know, really struck a chord to me and yeah. that I really enjoyed and I think you and I, I, I'd recommend wholeheartedly just with the proviso you you do need to get over that hump of like the, yeah. the technical quality of the audio recording um it's pretty similar to, to what you were saying Poppy yeah, yeah, definitely. Exactly. That is a real shame. And it's annoying, you know, and you obviously don't want to find it out when he's already recorded 
a third of it and then you realize it's dodgy and what do you do then do you get him to re-record you know it's it's all really difficult but at the end of the day listeners want to be able to listen to something that sounds good and unfortunately it doesn't so that is a shame but it is really really good for everything other than that kind of production quality and yeah it has some reasons why sticking with the audio is worth it but equally if you want the stories and you can't get over that hump then definitely, definitely read it and find out the stories, both the emotional ones and the really funny ones. So yeah, I really liked as well finding in it how much he loves cats. Uh, that was important to me. Yeah. That was nice to learn uh, yeah. quite how much to him. So that was a nice little personal connection for me in there on that one anyway. And do recommend it. I think it is really good. And... Yeah, yeah <laughs> what, a, so, what a terrible tail off. Um, yeah, yeah, I definitely recommend it. <laughs> yeah, just kind of like one last note for me. For fans of like athletic comments, you can definitely see like the origin stories of certain character voices that he puts on within the audiobook. So it's kind of, it's definitely worth listening to it for that reason. Uh, okay, so um, that's a firm recommendation from both of us. Thank you for listening, guys. We haven't decided what book we're going to be doing next we might do an interview but we'll let you know over our social media can you please continue to support the podcast by leaving a rating or a view wherever you're listening to this one it helps um, other listeners discover us if you can support the podcast by clicking on the link uh, tip jar link in the podcast description and throwing us some money that'll help keep the lights on nothing's a financially difficult for a lot of people but anything that you can give is gratefully accepted and if you've got any suggestions or comments email us at audiobookishpod at gmail.com and you can follow us on social media at audiobookishpod any last words poppy no i think that's good thank you for listening and see you next time okay thank you guys bye bye